It is Sunday evening here on the 3rd of September, 2023. It is 7 o'clock at night. It is Riasis here on kzsm.org. And this is normally when I turn it over to Kathy. I say, Kathy, who's your guest tonight? And who do we have? Well, we have me. There we go. I'm our guest tonight. <laughs> We're going to be uh, talking here between the two of us. I, you know, this is one of those unscripted shows that's going to end up, who knows where it's going to go, but I think we're going to have fun with it. But, I, I believe so. Uh, so uh, it's fun. Kathy came over to uh, the flea market right as I was wrapping up today. And it invariably, it's, here's Dora. You know Dora, you know, and it's like, Oh, I don't know. And then, yes, you guys know each other. You're out there on Facebook and this and that. So it doesn't take very long before they're off while I'm talking to somebody else in their own conversation. And it's I all of a sudden I hear, well, where did your folks, how did they get to Kyle? And you got folks here and there. And this is what happens. I, I love it when we get going around town. Well, you know, she said her last name was Alcala, and so there, there was an Alcala family here in San Marcos, and I said, well, are you related to these? And she said, no, we're from a different, and, my, you know, my, a lot of my family lived in Kyle, is what she said to me. And I'm like, oh, well, my family's from Kyle, and so who are you related to there? And we, we're not related, but we know a lot of the same, uh, same families, people. right? Yeah. And so as we continued a little bit more into our conversation, then she said, oh, well, my father or my grandfather was Adias, and the name, I rang a bell, but I couldn't figure out where I knew it from. And so then she goes on to explain that they're over on 123, and uh, he had a place out there. It was kind of a beer joint. That's what we used to call him in the 70s, a beer joint called yeah. Memes. And so I was like, oh, yeah, I, I know now. Uh, and so I said to her, my dad was so-and-so, and we had be back in, and uh, Mr. Reese was behind us, and, of course, the Rodriguez's were over at Big Papa, and Mr. Contreras was over at, uh, you know, right before you got to Memes, and then there was Salias, and so we had a really, really good conversation about that, and the ball, the ball fields that were over there. And of course, these are all places, folks, that are we're right outside town, right across the county line in Guadalupe County. Mm -hmm. Okay, and going out towards the Redwood area. Well, you know, at one time San Marcos was dry, and so a lot of people had to leave the county to go out uh, to get alcohol. And you know, well, out there, a lot of Hispanics like to go out towards uh, take that 123 to get out there. And so there was quite quite a bit of uh, uh, establishments to choose from at that time. Yeah. We've talked about that, and that's part of our history, is that it wasn't until, oh, later on that uh, we uh, that San Marcos uh, became wet. It wasn't until, uh, oh, the late 70s, mm-hmm. uh, mid to late 70s. And so you have these stories from all these periphery areas where we had all, especially the Hispanics in town, you know, that wanted to, to go in cervezas, and he had to go outside of town in, in order to go find those places. You know, remember on on Sunday afternoons we'd go out that way because they had the ballpark out there and so there was always um, uh, somebody out there at the park playing so a couple of teams would go out there and play and I think one of the places out there sold hamburgers if I you know if my memory serves me correctly I remember going out there was a white building I think that was Celaya's we'd go out there and we'd buy burgers and we'd sit and we'd watch the game and you know have have I think back then Nick and I were talking about that the other day how we'd get those hippos so so they'd have the, the uh, large soda, and it was called a hippo. 
Just watch that cable. Evidently, it's loose. I, I well, no, that know. was me. I, I hit the I hit the cord. Oh, I know, yeah. I know, but I, I don't know what's going on. See there, yeah. I, I'm just going to leave it. I'm going to leave it be. I have got to change that out. I asked Steve about that. My bad. Um. <laughs> and so and so when we're there, you know, after I'm done with my conversation with uh, Dora, they were trying to give away the cucumber water. Right. And so I went down there and got a, a glass of cucumber water, and I looked at the gentleman, and I was like, oh, I know you. Where do I know you from? And he lived down the street from me, but I hadn't seen him in such a long time. And so I was able to have a good uh, conversation with Jonathan. Jonathan. Palomares. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I hadn't seen him in, in quite some time, and um, apparently they're going to be there at uh, Wonder World on saturday and they're going to be selling tamales so homemade yeah. tamales I the didn't tamales ask. are very good i yeah. you, they've had them there on sundays and they're spicy they've got some uh, uh verde sauce that she makes it's really good with them and i'll that's what a lot of times i'll pick those up and i come back here and after i'm done with the show that's where i'll grab some tamales i'll get about three or four tamales and that's my lunch tomorrow and you know i love to get a dozen tamales from them that's that's actually still a good deal yeah, so I think I'm going to go down there on Saturday and, and pick up some tamales from them because I hadn't had any in, in quite some time. And really, I don't – they've gotten so expensive because yeah. it's a lot a lot of work. And sometimes you buy them, they aren't really um, quite as good as you're used to having. And so it's really hard to spend that kind of money. But, you know, you've said they're really good. So I'll probably go down yeah. there and buy a dozen from her. And it's $15 for a dozen. And I know that sounds, wow, you know, we used to, But, uh, you know, with everything else that's gone up for the cost of food, mm-hmm. all right, you know, I can get a dozen tamales, $15. And that's a couple meals for me. Mm-hmm. Wow. You know, and that, and that was the whole thing with tamales and that kind of food, okay? It was that it was... A working man, you know, the, the working family, you know, how do you make it on, you know, very little? Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, in as part of the Hispanic culture. And, you know, it wasn't until, what was it? I guess, uh, you know, I'll always remember 1975, President Ford, they gave him a tamale and he ate it with the corn husk on. He, had, he was from Michigan. He had no clue you know, how to eat a tamale. And then, it, you know, all of a sudden everybody started figuring out. But, we, you know, it was that change in the 70s and going into the 80s with the the cultures were starting to come out. You had that in the music. You had uh, Freddie Fender. You had, you know, B.W. Stevens. You had these folks that were that Texas sound, and you had people were starting to get into, you know, the different restaurants. Okay, I, I remember reading today about ponchos, Mm-hmm. Remember ponchos? Oh, yeah. They had they had one in San Antonio. I think they were out of Houston, were they not? They were, yeah. And it was they had one uh, out of in San Antonio, and then uh, they had upwards of like uh, a whole bunch across the state. And back they, they in, had, they were the one with the little flag. That was the flag that you put up if you were ready for more food. And the, and this was you went in, and it was all you can eat. But he got started. Remember, we talked about World War II. And they were talking about he got started serving uh, on a uh, troop ship, uh, all of these, you know, with this commercial kitchen, you know, and he took what he learned from the Navy and brought it back and started these uh, large uh, restaurant chains. And all across Texas, and uh, they, they've pretty much all gone away. There's a few left. I, I think they were saying there's a handful that are left around town. There's yeah. still the one there in San, in San Antonio still. And I, I think those stories, like the one that you just told, um, are um, you see when men that are of um, 
Hispanic descent or African American or a lot of times even a lot of the uh, poor Anglo's that went into the military, that the military was really really good for them. They learned a lot and then they were able to come back and start these restaurants. And you were telling that story. And a few weeks ago, I posted um, a, a photo on uh, my Facebook page about Casito Jorge's, mm-hmm. and they had. Uh, restaurants in in the Austin area, one in San Marcos, I think one in Round Rock. And uh, the gentleman, um, my father met him in the Navy of all places right. in 1952. And um, my dad said they, I think they were uh, together for about a year and then they, they went off to se- separate places. But my father said he didn't see, his name was Jorge Arredondo, we call him uh, George. But we didn't see, uh, my father says he didn't see George till the 1970s. And my father was working in an apartment high-rise in Austin, and he was laying the, the carpet there in the high-rise. And uh, George was laying ceramic tile. <laughs> and my father says they were working in the same apartment. My dad was laying the carpet, and he was working um, in the bathroom. George was working in the bathroom. Hey. My dad said he passed him and uh, didn't recognize him and he said that George uh, turned around and kind of looked at my dad and my dad said oh who's this guy and uh, my dad kind of said well I don't know if I know him and I don't know if he's looking at me or he's trying to size me down well and, and this would have been how many years okay you know they, they, so they were, hadn't seen each other for what almost 20 something years 25 years yeah. is what I'm thinking you know yeah and so uh, my dad says he goes by the bathroom and the guy looks at him and then my dad says well you know there's there's something here and my dad says when he goes back um that he hears the gentleman start to whistle <laughs> and then he says la da la da la da and so my dad said that he recognized his voice. Oh, it is. And my dad says, George, is that you? And he goes, Nick, is that you? And he said, yes. And so my dad said they had a good conversation, and he was telling my father that when he came back, he started working installing ceramic tile, and that they were um, they had opened a business, and his wife was running a little restaurant, I think, out of their house or something like that. And then all of a sudden, he just did really well and he ended up with the uh, three-story high-rise um, restaurant yeah. on 6th street wow and um then he had i think a store off of hancock center i went to i went to that that restaurant they opened up a restaurant here in san marcus and he had i can't remember where his other restaurant was there but then they had one in round rock and nick was telling me that on sunday mornings the ut football game would come to the third story of the restaurant and they would watch the films from the night before. And so they had like a, a special, you know, yeah. guest room, right. you know, meeting room, those kind of so things. So they started yeah. to think of uh, food on the first, second floor, and then they had a, a bar on the upstairs part. Right. And uh, Nick was telling me, he said, uh, we had gone to install some carpet in the upstairs part of the uh, restaurant. And Nick, was, Nick came home, and he was like, gee, you just wouldn't believe it. He's like, those uh, armored trucks come in, and he's like, and they're just taking bags and bags and bags of money out of that place. He was he, he was just so uh, astonished because he was like, it just didn't seem like it was going to stop. But, you know, you're, you're on 6th Street. You're making money. You know, the yeah. restaurant opens in the morning. You're selling breakfast, and it 
it's almost a 24-hour operation. So Restaurants, yes. It's harder now for the restaurants to make the money than when they used to. But it's always been a lot of families, right? And you start off, uh, but you have to put in a lot of hours. And, you know, we talk about that on the show here. We've had folks that we've talked about the laundry business. We've talked about the gas station businesses. We've talked about all of these um, local businesses that folks have started up, even, you know, talking about Avon. Mm -hmm. Okay. You know, starts in the morning, start, you know, goes in tonight. And all of these things, you know, to be an entrepreneur is a lot. But there's a reason why you become an entrepreneur, right? Mm -hmm. And that is for your family. That is, you know, so that they have a better life than you had a better life. But you know that working for somebody else, there's always the side hustles. There's always these things. And that's, you know, I guess in the new economy now, we talk about the side hustles. Mm-hmm. Well, shoot, you know, that's what that's what's always been happening. Well, you know, I think especially now because your dollar doesn't go as much, you know, as far as it used to. And so the inflation, you know, you're talking about that. And so you, you almost have to have a second job and that extra side hustle just, you know, just to make ends meet. Because I, I don't know, but to me, it seems like we have a shrinking of the middle class. Sure. And so. Um, well, and I think that's, that's hurting the. And uh, I'll tell you what, let's talk about that. Let's come on back in, because I think that's a good segue for us to talk about some of the uh, some of the conversations we've been having about that. And, and folks, Kathy and I talk about these things, you know, I, the stories that we're talking about. And that's where we said, eh, let's just go on ahead and let's bring some things into you tonight. But uh, I want to talk about that. And then. Um, I want to come back uh, afterwards, too, and I want to talk about some of the guests that you've been talking with. <laughs> Kathy will go and have these interviews, and there was one the other night that took about three hours. I said, you know, this is going to be a really good interview when she comes in. She's so. in her 90s, and she had a lot to say. And, yeah. um, you know, I, I left there. Um, um, you know, you go into something you think you know a lot, but I left knowing a lot more than what I thought I knew. And uh, kind of with a different perspective too. Well, let's let's take quick uh, let's take a quick break here, and we're going to be right back with you. KZSM.org, True Community Radio. This is Riasis, and as a reminder, the views expressed on the show are those of the host, the guests, and not necessarily those of KZSM or SMTX CRA. We're going to be right back with you. So many books, so little time. Quiet, Groucho Marx observed, outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. <laughs> Quiet! To find out what others think about books, join Priscilla Lancelina on Tuesdays at 4pm on KGSM.org when she hosts Bookmarked, a program for real book people. <laughs> Quiet, damn dog! Every Monday night... From 11 until 1 on Tuesday morning, you've got The Wiz with you, bringing you the best of all that great vinyl from all the years past. All the snaps, crackles, hisses, and pops that lets you know that it is legitimate vinyl. Catch us here, kcsm.org. Vinyl Confessions. Stop this crazy thing. I've been listening to my groove box. I'm Carlos, so this is Carlos's groove box. 
on kzsm.org Wednesdays from 2 to 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, San Marcos, Texas. Y'all. This is Free Thought Radio with co-hosts Dan Barker and Annie Laurie Gaylor. Irreverent views, news, music, and interviews. Tune in Mondays, 11 a.m. to hear Free Thought Radio right here on KZSM.org, your true community radio station. Free Thought Radio is underwritten locally by the Hill Country Freethinkers. And that show is coming on tomorrow morning uh, here. And, you know, we've got a wide variety all throughout the week. So go in kcsm.org, check out our schedule, and uh, this show will be coming back on uh, tomorrow afternoon if you miss it or see you want somebody to hear one of our shows on Encore. Go check out our Encore schedule. We do this a couple days out of the week, and it will be coming back on at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon on Mondays uh, here on kcsm.org. Before the break, uh, Kathy, Kathy and I were talking about uh, some of our upcoming guests. We we're talking about, and we'll we'll get back into this a little bit. But I do want to get into it about that shrinking middle class because I think that is affecting. You know, this is where we're at with the. If folks were trying to get out of poverty, it was coming to the city of San Marcos. It was getting those side hustles, getting those jobs, getting their kids educated, we talked about with Frank's Exxon, right? Mm-hmm. How important it was that his son was in college, mm-hmm. right? And, and look at where he's at now, that he has been in all of these different jobs, right? And then was able to mentor others and be out and speaking about the importance of that. Well, you know, well, upward mobility, right? So you have a father, you know, like in Mr. Espinosa's case, who came back, uh, but he had the gumption to say, I, I have to move forward. I have these, these children, and I want to give them a better opportunity. And so, you know, he went the route of uh, small, small business ownership uh, and um, was able to afford his son that opportunity. And so now look at all the things that Mario has done. And the thing is that, that Mario now has also taken the responsibility of trying to mentor yeah. And and bring up, right? Because we don't all have those mentors. Um, I think especially when you, you're coming as a first generation or a child that's born here to a parent of immigrants, a lot of times they stay out in the for the mom and pop stay out in the fringes because they're they're so afraid of getting caught in the deportation so that the kids are, are left alone trying to figure out how, how to navigate a lot of things. And then the kids have to learn how to speak English because now they become the, the interpreters between, you know, the, the school district, the school, whoever, <laughs> right? And so now the parent, you know, the teachers or whoever's talking to these kids and the kids are having to explain to the parents. So you see that in the, in, in the outer fringes and they don't really have necessarily um, somebody to explain to them and how to maneuver things. Because, uh, you know, uh, when you're going to college, uh, you know, and you have to go and you have to do those FAFSAs and all that, that's not no joke, right? No, and, and it's it's a challenge, and it's, it's difficult. Okay, so we've had this shift within San Marcos that the school districts – are yeah you're good just watch that cord that's all and i know you you and your your hands and talking we both do the same thing um but i do i've got to keep it right there or else i'm gonna lose you so just watch that cord that's all um 
So we have this shift where we are now this, we have, oh, all of this money coming in, but yet we are still a poor school district. And it is because so many of the Hispanic and and, uh, lower income are having to go outside the city, go down to Redwood. They're going out to uh, Martindale. They're, they're living in these other areas now that are in the school district, but outside of San Marcos. Why? Because no one can afford to live in the city of San Marcos. And it has driven out a lot of the Hispanics in town. And we're losing that gentrification from a lot of the areas now, this side of I-35. And it's not too long before that's going to happen on the other side of I-35. Uh, with a lot of the old neighborhoods and so having those if you come home your parents aren't there um you know you're hanging with other kids you know having these other uh the girls and boys clubs in san marcos okay uh, ha- we just don't have a lot of the um things in place i think that we used to have to kind of bring these kids, you know, getting the jobs when you're 15 and 16. You know, we we talked about, uh, Mario was talking about, you know, when he got off of school. It was, you didn't like it, but you were there working from 12 to 5. Mm -hmm. Okay, those are the kind of things that it's just opportunities that we don't have that I'm glad that he's mentoring. And we've got to get that. And and I hope with this becoming, you know, we are now into Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm -hmm. And I hope that we can talk about this some more through some of the guests and that we can encourage people to not be just thinking about, well, i got to throw money at it. No, we've got to have people. We've got to have mentors. We've got to open this up that there's other there's all of these things that you can do, but we've got to have people to help along because it, the basis is just not there, especially for the new immigrants that are coming here. And you can't look at it, oh, those are the old immigrants, and then we've got the you know the new immigrants, and we've got the older Hispanics that came here in the 20s, and, well, they're already doing well, and, you know, we just can't have that stratification. Mm-hmm. Well, too, you know, we're also becoming uh – an amalgamation of a lot of different things, you know. Um, you know, I remember growing up here when I was much younger, and everything was, you know, you were you were African American, you were you know Hispanic, or you, you were Anglo. But now we have a, a wide variety of different, you know, different things. You know, we've got I, I've seen a, an Asian family over in Dunbar, huh. right? But I've also seen over the years now where a lot of the families that used to live in Dunbar are gone. You know, the Andersons are gone from there. The Williamsons are gone from there. Um, And so you don't you don't see the the neighborhood. It's changed. You know, the face of the neighborhood has changed. And um, I I don't know. I'm not I, I can't say that I don't I don't like it, but I think you're you're not used to the change. Right. And so you see it. Yeah. You know, I'm seeing the change even in my own neighborhood. Yeah. You know, when we got there, we were extremely young. It was already a settled neighborhood. The majority of the people that were there were in their 40s, but they've all passed now. And so now I'm seeing a bunch of new people coming in, and the neighborhood is changing because now we're starting to see a lot of the uh, Airbnbs. The rentals, you know, the yes. Rentals. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I thought, gee, I, I'm, I'm never going to be somebody who's going to profile 
but now it's almost like so there's um one of the alleys uh in our neighborhood now is being used they hadn't been utilized now they're using the alley but there's a gentleman there who bought a house and he fixed up um a studio that was behind it so now it's turned into a rental and there's three people living back there parking is okay for for one or two yeah one or two but now so we're starting to see a lot of people that are driving down that alley and so now I have to be cautious about the people that are in my neighborhood because before I knew who they were and I knew who was supposed to be there, but now I don't know who anybody is and you don't know if, and I'm not saying, you know, it's a public, public street, right? But you're just seeing so many different people. And then, and then to top it off, we have a lot of homeless that come through there too now. Yeah. So you, you almost have to be on your toes and you have to be proactive about that. So I thought, gee, I never thought I'd, I'd, I'd be in that, in that place where I would say that I'm profiling somebody for being in my neighborhood because you just don't know who's supposed to be there. And we see a lot of um, vehicle traffic now that's parked on the side of the road where there never used to be that. Right. And, and you know, you're used, like you say, you grow up in these neighborhoods and, and they're changing. I mean, we talked about uh, West, uh, the whole Westover area over there about where the farm was, where his grand, grandparents were, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and we've got uh, where the Coles live now, you know, and, and all the families that live back in there. But yet, yeah, that's going to change, you know, in the next 20 years, I'm sure. And um, I had a conversation with someone I saw, I, I read a lot. And I think it was like the business journal was saying that there was an apartment complex that was going to be coming. I, I can't remember where. It was one of the smaller towns. And they were calling it affordable housing, right? And so I had a conversation with someone, and I said, gee, you know, I remember when I was growing up, affordable housing was, was an actual home that you could buy and yeah. own. You know, it's yours. But we've gone from calling home ownership, affordable housing ownership, to apartment living and calling that um, affordable housing. I think that has to change. We have to get uh, away from that mentality that, you know, that apartment living is affordable housing. A hundred years ago, you could buy a house through the Sears catalog. Ever, ever, if you go out and you, you want to see something interesting, folks, go out and do a search on this one. And this was where people would actually buy their home. They would have the land. You know, you could buy a lot, buy the land. But you would get these homes out of Sears catalog, and they'd be delivered to you. And this was early 1900s. Uh, and you would, and, and there's these different, you can still find these around the United States and built up, and they lasted. Mm-hmm. But that was the concept at the time. And, well, I think, too, you know, when you bought that, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere. You put your, your, your home up, you dig a well. And I think as cities have, have matured and, and they, 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 they grow, well, so does the bureaucracy, right? And so, okay, well, you know what? You've got a house there, but you can't live off that well. We've got to bring you running water. Right. And you have to have electricity. And so all that stuff starts to add up now because it's going to cost the city money to bring those those sure. those uh, anonymities to you, right? And, you know, life is better and we, we pay for those things and we accept that. I mean, that's all part of it. But yet it does. It, it costs. And the, the problem is, is now we've got this where we have this growth that we're in stuck right in the middle of two of the largest you know growing areas in texas excuse me that are uh you know austin and san antonio and this corridor that's going and 
we're dealing with that. But how is that going to affect our our Hispanic culture? How is that affecting our uh, uh, African American culture? What? How are we going to keep that? And we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back and talk about that because I want to segue into the Hispanic uh, talking about the uh, um, Hispanic Heritage Month here for September. But I want you to be thinking about that, those that are out there listening to the show tonight, about how are we changing? And that's part of what Kathy does here every week is your past. Where do you come from? Where are we at now? Where are we going? And we want to encourage that in the community to be thinking about that uh, for any of our anyone in the community overall but you know those that have been here that have been part of the fabric of san marcos so we'll be right back with you and uh, rob rock with kathy laura here tonight on ukcsm and again the uh, views expressed on the show are those of the hosts the guests and not necessarily those of kcsm or smtx area we'll be right back with you My name is mason moore and you can catch me and my rescue pup franklin every wednesday at 10 p.m We're bringing you any significant event from the past week. Album releases, song releases, birthdays, deaths, cultural events, nothing is off limits. We're spanning over 80 years of music history on the weekly show. All genres welcome. Find your next favorite song right next to your old one right here on KZSM, True Community Radio. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was etched onto clay tablets, carved into stone, inscribed on parchment, forged into type, converted to bytes and bits and pixels. However the Word enters your consciousness, join us Tuesdays 4 to 6 for Bookmarked, all about books and reading in San Marcos and the world. Centro Cultural Hispano de San Marcos and LULAC Council 654 have collaborated their efforts to hold the second annual Hispanic Heritage Exhibition Walk in San Marcos, Texas. The Exhibition Walk will serve as a kickoff event for Hispanic Heritage Month. This event will take place on Saturday, September the 16th at 10 a.m. at Centro Cultural Hispano de San Marcos, which is located at 211 Lee Street, and will culminate at the historic Hayes County Courthouse. The walk will display the flags of Latin American countries represented during Hispanic Heritage Month. At the courthouse, there will be music, food, and vendors. Proceeds from this event will grant local students with scholarships to further their education. If your organization or business would like to participate, or for more information, please email us at hispanicheritageexhibitionwalk at gmail.com. And that's coming up in just a couple of weeks here. And if you want to get involved, uh, go check that out. And uh, thanks to Gene for uh, recording that public service announcement for us and getting that out there. So, Kathy, we are into Hispanic Heritage Month. And uh, did where did we go? Did you want to talk a little bit about the segue from where we were at on you talking know, about I, the gentrification? I, I want to talk a little bit about the gentrification still. I was on a thread uh, that was happening in Austin. And they were talking about the gentrification of the east side in Austin. And um, I had taken Mercedes in Austin, so maybe about a year and a half ago. And um, I took her to eat over at Joe's Bakery. And that was a predominantly Hispanic uh, neighborhood with some African-Americans as well. But the neighborhood has totally changed. A lot of the houses that were there are no longer there. And it has turned into you know, a, a high-rise kind of condo type of living. 
And so a lot of the people that were there um, are, are no longer there. And so you're starting to see a lot of that in, in that neighborhood. And uh, one of the young ladies that was on the thread said uh, to the people, so what are you guys going to do about, about it? And so I, I think when we talk about that, and I, I want to segue into National Hispanic Month uh, with, with some of the things that, that I um, was taught growing up. And so I think we have this misconception for a lot of people that people are supposed to do things for you. But I don't think that's the way it's supposed to be. If you see something, you have, I think, a responsibility to get up and to speak up and to say, if you don't like the way things are going, get up and say so. Don't put the responsibility on a group or on someone else. You know, you have a responsibility. There are a lot of ways to do it. Get up, go to City Hall, um, speak at a meeting, um, talk to your elected officials, write letters to the editor in the newspaper. A lot of times you may make headway and you may not make it, but guess what? A lot of times what happens when I have these conversations is that somebody calls me up and says, hey, <laughs> I heard you or I said yes. this, and, and how do I do this, or can you help me? And so I, I you know, want to help people, but, you know, it's just that you just can't do everything. Everything. Right? Yeah. And so I think when you start having these kind of conversations and coalitions, you're going to find that there's going to be somebody else who's going to take the lead on that. It's just like that, like that young lady in, um, in Valle de Pescado, right, mm -hmm. who was on social, me social media saying this has happened over here. The city has not been back, and it's a hazard. Right. But she didn't have... Um, and so you, you gave right. her my number. I got in touch with her. Right. I said, hey, you know, Matthew Mendoza. <laughs> she said, oh, I've met him. He said, I'm going to get in touch. And somebody and, got yeah, something well, done I, through the I, city for I, it. I, I called her and said, look, you know, here are yeah. these numbers. I called her and I gave her Sean's number. Yeah. And I gave her the number to the project manager. And she was able to call. And I think that's the difference because she took it upon herself yes. to make that phone call. Because if she would have been somebody else, she would have just said, I'll just see what happens. But you, she, you, can she you help me? Can you do it? Mm -hmm. And and that's where being activists that we are, it's difficult for us, okay? Because um, we, people, we want to help, but we have only got so much that we can do. And, and part of that is, you know, we've got a radio show every week. We've got, you know, things that we're doing. It's getting out there. I will gladly give you five, ten minutes and talk with you a half hour, you know, for you. Here's how you can learn to do this. Mm -hmm. Right. I know uh, the shark lady, I'm sitting here looking at your shirt, but uh, uh, LMC, I posted this week about uh, she had done a video about how to go and to look up your um, uh, how to speak at city council. And we said, ah, it's too long. And it's crazy that those, you know, people just don't want to stop and listen for these things and take the time. But if we can, if you can have small victories and we talk about those victories, like you're doing good, positive ways that people can get involved, then yes, then we can pass that off. Well, and I think too, sometimes the, the websites don't make it, don't make it any easier because you go on and it's hard to navigate a website, especially yes. when you haven't been on it and you and you're not you're not used to it. And so, I you know I cheat a little bit when I have to go and I want to watch a meeting at the city, 
uh, the way that I type it in. I don't always go to to their website and then log in. I log yeah. in a different way, right? But you know, you you have to pay attention to the things that are going on because you you even though you don't know what the things that are happening are going to affect you, maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but in a year or yeah. two years from now. And so you you have to stay on top of that. But it's it's so hard, you know. It's kind of like you talk about attention span. Sometimes these meetings they go on for hours, and yeah. you have to pick and choose what you want to watch. And then you you go and you do something else, but you have to make sure that you're back in time for the thing that's. that's and it's really going on in the background while we're doing stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of times we're listening, and then we catch something, mm-hmm. and it's like, and you'll say, "Did you catch that?" Mm-hmm. And you know, we talk about this. So, so talking about you know, um, act, you know, being an act, an activist, and advocating for yourself. So now we are coming into uh, National Hispanic Heritage Month, and you know, of course, we had Lucy and Mr. Arredondo here, and they were talking about this Hispanic Heritage Walk that they were going to have. And of course, you know, I ask questions sometimes that I think put some of my guests on the spot because my my mind just goes to other places yeah. from things that that I've read. And um, so we know that there's going to be 20, 20, you know, 21 countries. And I think a lot of the countries, um, when we talk about, you know, colonialism, most, most yeah. of the Latin American countries were under some type of colonial rule. Mm-hmm. And um, you, you see the struggle for a lot of them. And a lot of them had to fight for the independence that they got. And so that's kind of in some a way, are still own, fighting, yeah. and it's a whole other story. But and, yeah. and it's its own form of, of act, activism, right? Yeah. But for those of the people that have lived here in the United States, you know, we're 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 a country that's not that old when we consider how old the rest of the world yeah. is. And when I mean it's not that old, I I don't mean not to talk about the indigenous people because it was it, it's it's old with yeah. people that were already here. But I'm talking about the founding of. The current, of the current, yeah. the current country that we live in, right? And so, um, even at that, there's all this activism that was going on. You know, we had a, the um, English monarchy that was over, you know, up on the east coast, and, and the, the patriots that fought to remove us from the English monarchy, just like we had the monarchy, the Spanish monarchy over on our southern borders and mm-hmm. the um, revolution that happened to uh, remove us from the colonialism that was Spain. Right, with the, uh, with the Texas mm-hmm. Revolution. Well, basically. I'm talking about the, Me- the, Mex- the Mexican Revolution. The, Me- the, the Mexican, Mexican one, yeah. Re- yeah. Well, and the Spanish-Spanish in Mexico. And then, yeah. of course, we had the Texas one. But there's always somebody out there or something out there that's driving, that's driving that force. So now here we are in 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 the United States, and of course we you know we have this whole civil war, where there's the uh, activism for um, to abolish slavery, mm-hmm. and you know that's that part of history. And then we come to the 1900s, where we have now this whole different form of activism in the form of well, um, uh, suffrage for women, women and even then it was then with minorities mm-hmm. and yes, getting, the 70s uh, civil yeah. rights movement and and all of these things and different ways that we've had these changes and these shifts mm-hmm. yeah and and so you, you you see it on a national level and i remember you know i'm a product of the 1960s but a lot of this stuff was happening you know as i'm growing up and i'm starting to hear these terms that i'm not 
familiar with and I don't understand and you know they're talking about the Chicano movement and I have no clue what that means and I'm like I'm an American I don't know what this means and why should I be associated with that but the thing was that living in this small town we didn't see a lot of that type of activism here kind of like the more radicalized like you saw in the much larger cities like uh, Dallas or but Houston we, or even Los but Angeles. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. We did. And that's your guess. Well, we're going to come, we're gonna come, come Yeah, back. we're going to come back to that. But, but go ahead. But not in that radical sense like that. But I remember my father talking to me when I was much younger about all these people. And they kind of etched in my mind because we continue to have these conversations about activism, about how you change something if you don't like it, if you think it's wrong, always try to um, help somebody else. And so the conversations in our, in, you know, in our home and the newspaper articles that, that I read a lot of were of Corky Gonzalez, who was an activist in Denver, and of um, Cesar Chavez over in California, and Ruben Salazar over in Los Angeles, and uh, Jovita Idar, who was out of, uh, in Mexico, but out of San Antonio, and Dolores Huerta, and all, all these women, too. And so there's all the stuff that my father would talk to me about. And I think kind of that's where that part of the activism part that I have comes from, from all these things that I read and saw growing up. So everyone, we, we need to take those names and we'll have to put them on the racist Facebook, okay? Because I think that that is something that you want to do something for Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. Get yeah. with your kids. Look and- these up. I mean, you may not even know who these names are that Kathy just mm-hmm. read off. But I think that that is important for the heritage to know about these different people that, you know, saw wrongs and went and tried to peacefully change them. I mean, we're not talking about revolution here. We're talking about people working within the system. Yeah. And so, you know, I have all these things that I'm I'm hearing at at this national level. But then there's that stuff that's going on here in in your city, right? It may not not be as big as the national, but it's still happening. And it's uh, Mrs. Gadesa who comes over here and talks to us about the poll tax. Yeah. And and talks to us about the voting and the efforts uh, with the American GI form. But that's a form of activism. And well, just going out and having barbecue plates where they would raise the money for the poll tax that was activism that is uh you know saying fine we've got to have the money then we're going to go and raise it and we're going to pay for this person to have that but then people don't seem to realize that we come forward into this generation and we go and we start putting restrictions on people that you can't have these barbecue plate dinners unless you have all of these things with the city and putting all of these in. And, oh, this is for health. This is, you know, for this reason, without really realizing of the depth that this goes back in our culture, in our city, that you are actually going back and uh, penalizing 
a minority of our city that this is how the money was raised without even realizing it because, oh, well, this is all for health and safety. Yeah, well, and you wonder if the health and safety part of it is done to kind of curtail that part so that they don't do it, right? <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a break because that's something I talk about on my on, uh, on uh, Friday night. But uh, this is where I ace is with you with Kathy Laura, your host. This is Rob Bork, and we're uh, just talking discussions as we're leading into the start of September here on... Um, and we've got some more guests coming up, but I want to kind of fill you in on some things going on for Hispanic Heritage Month. We're going to be right back with you. KZSM.org, True Community Radio. The views expressed on this show are those of the hosts, the guests, not necessarily those of KZSM.org or SMTX area. We'll be right back with you. Are you interested in receiving information about a free mammogram to check for breast cancer? Community Action Incorporated can arrange for you to receive a free mammogram through one of our local medical partners. If you do not have medical insurance or live in a low-income household, if you're age 50 or older and need to receive your yearly mammogram, or if you're experiencing breast pain or any other concerning breast symptoms, please call us at 512-392-1161 extension 322 for Spanish or 342 for English. Or send us an email at breastcancerservices at communityaction.com. This has been a public service announcement brought to you by Community Action Incorporated of Central Texas and KZSM Community Radio in San Marcos, Texas. Anybody out there interested in chess? Join us at the San Marcos Local Chess Club. We get together every Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the San Marcos Public Library. All levels are welcomed. Everybody is welcomed. All ages are welcomed. It's a really chilled environment just to enjoy and play some chess all together. See, there's something neat you can do. Just go over to the library for the chess club and uh, bring the kids over and get some books and explore because there's a lot going on at the library for Hispanic Heritage Month, too. And they have books that they've got set aside. And, you know, this is, I guess, kind of the theme that I'm looking at for this is that it's not somebody else's responsibility to educate your children. It's not someone else's you know, responsibility to educate you. you know, no, we'll, we'll help guide you there. You'll give some names, you'll give some things. But take your kids, get them away from the TV, well, get them away from their blasted phones, all right? Or at least give them something to go and search on that phone and tell you something, all right? But get them out and learn a little bit more about the Hispanic culture, but also Hispanic culture here in town, and that's what Rises is every every week. And you know, I, I do want to talk about uh, your upcoming guests. Uh, the, you uh, talk about that a little bit here. So I I went out um, and spoke with a, a lady who lives over in Victory Gardens, and um, the um, I've known her for quite a long time. And when uh, Mr. Adelina was here, and he talked about you know he was the mayor, and he brought streets to Victory Gardens and I thought I'd go down and talk to um, <laughs> Mrs. Uh, Rodriguez and um, 
she's Rudy Rodriguez's mother, and he has the upholstery shop there in Victory Gardens. Right. And, um, you know, I always like to go in and have this conversation with my guests before they come out to the show. Usually it's about, you know, 45-minute uh, conversation to about an hour, and I, I, I left her house like at 10, 15 at night, so it was like three-hour conversation. <laughs> but she, she had a lot to say. She's in her 90s already. Um, the conversation went really well. Um, her memory is, um, I, I mean, it's, it's intact. Great. And all the things that we talked about just came from her memory. And so she had this discussion with me about what led to her um, participation in trying to bring uh, paved streets to that area of town. And um, I was okay. Surprised. So just as a as a real quick mm-hmm. kind of putting it in perspective for everybody, this is mid nineteen seventies. All right, this is San Marcos, Texas. We have Texas State up on the hill. We've got you know everything else in the area has paved streets, except for the Hispanic areas mm-hmm. of town. Mm-hmm. And at at in that year, and I looked it up. I think the city budget was two million dollars. Wow. And so she's, you know, thinking about why don't we have streets, and she's trying to have conversations with other people in, in the Hispanic neighborhood. And it was a conversation that she had with another Hispanic that led her to say, no, I'm going to bring streets over here to this area. And so it started, started with streets, and she said that she did not um, plan on starting out as being an activist. That's, mm-hmm. just, that's just what it turned out to and she said that she had one of the few homes there uh, in Victory Gardens. And so she wasn't worried about um, ho- a home. She was worried about a paved street. Yeah. And so she said as she started to talk to the other residents that it became evident that what they wanted clearly wasn't what she wanted. But I think she was looking at it from her perspective. And they were talking about other things. Well, you'll we'll get more out of that when when you have that interview. But just let's let's put it to say that a lot of people didn't want to rock the boat. All right, so they did, and what happened was they got everyone together and marched down to City Hall, and they went marched down those unpaved streets onto paved streets and marched down to City Hall, and said, "We want change." And this is what was happening in the 70s. This is what was happening around. And, and I think she said it started at uh, Guadalupe Chapel. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if she said it went to City Hall or if it went to St. John's Catholic Church. I can't, I can't remember. And I wish it would have um, um, Yeah, I've been told it. City Hall so but, could, by Rudy. Be. But, yeah. you know, I, 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 we'll, we'll get that. We're going to get her in here. And yeah, talk she's going to come that. and tell us the whole so, story. The plug for the show here, folks, is that you can get to just send us a message. Just title it Reyes's Guest. If there's someone that you know that you'd like to have for this conversation, they're getting older, but we want, it's all about not, oh, here's the stories, but how do we make that now? How do we take those stories and drive that for the next generation so that we are continuing to shape our local community do you just say ah we're going to move somewhere else or do we say this is san marcos this is our community this is where kathy can go down to the market and could talk to people and we can have this conversation about linking people together that we can talk about your families 
linking people together that we can talk about the stories. And this is what's important is that for this month is that you are talking about the stories. Even if it's not your, your kids, but call, call Tia, right? You call an aunt, call, uh, you know, someone that you may have not and just talk to them for a couple hours well, like you, you did. You, it's important. You have to know what your history is. The history is behind you to know how you got here in order to know to where you're going, how, yeah. how you know, and, and it's, I think history is important to know because those are the conversations that drive and you have to know what you're talking about when you talk to a scholar or to someone and, and, and you say, well, you know, this is how it happened over here. The Spanish came, here's the indigenous people, and mm -hmm. this is where, where we went. Because it's, it's amazing how many people don't understand and don't know that history. And I think, too, in, in my conversation uh, with Mrs. Rodriguez, what I, what I came back with is that I think a lot of us, we don't think that we can make a difference, that our voice is not going to be heard. But I think when you have a voice and you just speak out, I think that you're going to find out that there will probably be more people that will come to you. And so that's how you make a movement, right? That's how you organize. That's yeah. where the grassroots stuff starts. And so she said she was not planning, but this is what happened. And so I think if you take those lessons and you say, hey, you know, well, maybe if I just speak up, somebody else may hear, and then it'll turn into something else. And I got about four more minutes here, Kathy. Uh, so what are some of the other stories that you're working on out there? So I've spoken to the Cuevas family. I'm trying to get them to pin down a date so that they can come in and talk to us about Tom Cuevas, who had Cuevas yes. Produce, and I think that's going to be a really, really I, good I show. talked to someone just yesterday at the flea market. We were talking about how they had to run down to uh, Cuevas Grocery and to pick up the they'd go down there and get go get an onion go get a potato go get you know some and they'd go give them a dollar and they'd go down there and pick up some things and bring that back that was for dinner and you know so just having but we were talking about the the having the store there in the neighborhood about how important that is for those neighborhoods well, for that neighborhood too, but for a lot of the nonprofits because I remember when exactly. I was doing stuff with the church and you know the 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 ladies from the organizations you know the elderly ladies um were so used to going to him to get to get their product because he had such a big heart that they'd go in and they'd say oh well i'm going to do this for a fundraiser for the church and then he would just give them stuff yeah. you know at, at, at no charge and i kind of would say look you know mr crevice he has a business too he can't be giving away all the stuff to everybody so i would say if you're going to get something let me know and then you know we can order and, and pay but they were like no 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 he likes doing that and so they're setting their ways too but they just love going down there and i think a lot of it too is that you go down there you're having a conversation with him right and so i think that that you know it's that that to you know you give and you take but they enjoy that so we're going to try to get them pin them down for a date and of course we're still talking to the rodriguez's to try to get them to come and we're going to talk to them about uh, the Big Papa's Club and the business. I think it's that just they had with here. the heat right now. It's yeah. just hard, and we really, especially for some of the elderly, and it's just we have to get you in the front door because right about that seven o'clock, that sun is just shining right up here, and it's difficult. So. And uh, I have a group of ladies that are going to come talk to us about what it was like uh, working for HEB. Oh, neat. Yeah. yeah. And, and so uh, I understood that there was a time that. Um, uh, 
you could work at HEB if you were um, Hispanic, but you can work the front. Every, every, you know, you, you huh. had to work the back part of the, oh, okay. uh, of the business. I didn't know that. Yeah, and and so there 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 was something that ensued at HEB, and one of the ladies Ooh. said, "It happened, and I had no idea it had happened, and I was, you know, uh, uh, at the at the good receiving end of it." Yeah. Uh, and so. Oh, that's this is going to be some good stories. Yeah, it, that, that, that one. Even, that, that one is. You don't really, even think really about those things. It's <laughs> like, oh no, you can't be working at the the checkout. You're Hispanic. You go in the back, and you you work in the bakery. <laughs> And and I, I think too, um, it, it says a lot about HB now because I know you know they're one of our largest um, uh, employers in the state of Texas, yeah. and a lot of Hispanic uh, people have come up through the ranks there at HB. Yes. They've been really really good to a lot of the minorities in mm. in the state. Yeah. So some of the shows that we're working on here and races. So stay tuned, folks. We've got a lot of great stuff. And uh, Kathy, we I, I hope that we made an interesting show for everyone for the last hour. We've got some folks listening in up in Austin, some folks here in San Antonio, in uh, down in San Antonio earlier, and uh, here in San Marcos. I haven't looked for a little bit, but uh, shout out to all the folks listening in. Stay tuned. I mean, we're going to be here next week and uh, with some more for Riasis. Go check out the Facebook page for Riasis. And uh, and we also want to uh, tell you that the Cuatemo is going to be happy, having an event mm. on September the 16th over there. Uh, so go by there. I think it's going to start at uh, 7, from 7 to midnight or 7 to 1. Mm. And then, of course, the Hispanic Heritage Walk is is uh, going to also be happening on that day, Saturday yeah, morning. I, I may throw that back in here in just a second. And so thank you for listening to Riasis here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas. And uh, Kathy, thank you uh, for uh, making it through here with me on this one. Oh, I don't make it make it through, but uh, I, it has been enjoyable and to uh, take some different tracks with you all so that you're thinking about some things here for, uh, for um, Hispanic Heritage Month mm-hmm. and uh, some ways that you can continue the legacy here. KZSM.org, Rice. We'll be back with you next week at 7 o'clock on Sunday night. Kathy, thank you. Thank you.